All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Life of Pi. Tonight, I have for you a very special treat, a very talented and charismatic character I met a couple years ago. He is an actor, director, and also producer. He does voiceover work as well. Mr. Tim Hale of the Cleveland Acting Scene. Tim Hale, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Cleveland represents hello. Good to be with you, Paul. Thank you for having me. So, Tim, let's just let's just talk about we have a mutual connection about how we met. Let's just talk about um, our good buddy George Cutie, <laughs> aka Tootie Loops, aka George Tootie. So I I gotta know like how like how did you and George meet? Oh well, Toots, the first time we met uh, was an audition for Sleigh Bells and Eddie Langell film uh, some years back, and uh, he Ben Ben Benzino and a uh, Paycob uh, Yarnpone, if I'm saying that right. Pardon Paycob. Shout out all those dudes. We went to the Winking Lizard and had dinner after that audition and uh, multiple films since. And then his directorial debut, For uh, Love, For Love, back in 2019, that he wrote, directed, produced that. And Can had start. Me aboard. Yes, yeah. The character Steve, you know, the reluctant thief. Toots, he's a good guy. So yeah, that, I was actually, like I said, I've told this story before, but I was actually on set for this one. This is the first time I think I got to see you in, a, in action. I think, and George, too. I'd never actually seen him act before. So we came out to be extras, and George, one thing this, in your scene, George throws you on the floor of the bar, which he had rented out. Yes, and, and, and he has a fake gun to your face, and a patron walks in. You're, like, on the floor screaming, and the door closes. Then everyone's like, quiet on set, who is it? Then the guy walks in, sits down, you guys do a take, and then the guy walks back out. I was like, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. And the, the thing, I think someone just goes, that's Cleveland acting scene for you. <laughs> the people do not care. <laughs> yeah, no, they, yeah, they just go with it. But I think he thought it was a real scene because the camera was tucked back a ways for the given angle. Well, or, or rather, not back a ways, but I mean, under the uh, bar to where he could see. They were up close and personal yeah. for that scene. So as far as he knows, he just hears, where's my wife? And, you know, and George, he was pushing the gun right into my uh, in his shoulder. And uh, for me, I get pumped up on the interaction in the scene. The more energy you give me, the more I can put out. The more you can feed off it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and t I think, you know, George, he's the same way. He's a, he's a very good character to, uh, you know, uh, improvise and roll with. And so anyways, I told him after one of the takes, I said, Toots, I'm going to squeeze, because nobody can see. I'm like, I'm going to squeeze your leg when I want you to push that gun harder into my shoulder like it'll make me more wincy because he's interrogating me, yeah you know and that's what a real guy would do right he would yeah. press he, he, he would put yeah. you in pain and so whatever it's him going and he's like but you just kept you had me going and it was awesome though i had a little well i made a little bruisey but it was <laughs> you know well worth it because i think the scene the whole film really came out great yeah know? it was awesome which is also is it does he have it online i forget do you put it online or take it back off I do believe it's on the YouTubes as of now. Don't quote me. Go search and then uh, petition Tootie if it's not there. So there Yeah, look go. up For Love on YouTube by George Tootie. Look it up. Tell him he needs to hurry up with the sequel because I'm ready to make my actoral debut. It's going to be called Five Love. <laughs> so what is it like working with George as like a director versus like an actor? Well, I will say, you know, uh, George has been in the scene for a while. He... I've known him, the, so I met him when I began, like around 2013, 2014. Uh, he'd been acting since before that, and on set, he really seemed very composed, and I think that had to do with he'd been in it for so long that, you know, it was just kind of stored up film knowledge, various sets he'd been on. 
combined, and then so when it came to being on set, and uh, also, you know, he surrounded himself with great people. Because, you know, nobody can do this alone. I don't care who you are. Steven Spielberg, you know, John Waters, whoever. Like, you cannot do this alone. And we're fortunate in Cleveland, Cleewood, that we have many talented people. You know, we had James Naiman, Kinsley Finari. Yeah, because I noticed... Barnes. Yeah, and the thing is, like you were saying, like, to me, like, every great director has great actors, a great script, production, audio. Like, you have to have everything. But your film's gonna suck because there's. I'm sure you've seen movies where you're like, "This is a great concept, but like the acting is terrible, the audio isn't that great, or like the camera shot could have been better." You, I mean, you know what you know what I'm trying to get at. It's like there's some movies you're just like, "Oh, this could have been great," but you just kind of. Hey, and that applies to my own films too. You know, sometimes yeah. I look back, I'm like, "Ah, Tim Hale, if you had nailed a little to the left, perfect, we got it." Yeah. So how did how did you get into acting? Like, what made you want to become an actor? Frankenstein. <laughs> when I was a kid, like when my the, the original movies, one. From yes, one? yes. Okay. Boris Karloff, the original Frankenstein, and Young Frankenstein with uh, Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle. I still need to Jerry see that. Oh my! Uh, I go. I see. I've seen clips. I've I've never actually seen the movie, which I need to. Like, I'm a huge movie buff, and like every time I tell people, they're like, oh, "Have you never seen that?" I'm like, I don't have time to watch every movie ever made as much as i would like to i have to go to work at some point and make money yeah no it's and that's the biggest struggle right is i'm such a big movie fan that you know it sucks i have to spend time doing other things and making mm-hmm. movies and that, that i love it but i i just would love to consume so much more than i can on the daily but it's really wonderful so yeah frankenstein and all the original Universal horror movies, that's just like what hooked me. Oh, you did the original Monsterverse? Yeah, the yes. Wolfman, Dracula, yes. the Swamp Thing, all that stuff. Yes, the Mummy. I love the Mummy. Is like That's like my favorite, though. The original Mummy. Yeah, and again, Boris Karloff. Like, he's... Now, fun story, like, Bela Lugosi, he was the first Universal movie, Dracula. Mm-hmm. Then they wanted him to... Which was a hit. And then oh, they wanted awesome. him to be Frankenstein's monster. He said no, because the monster had no lines. Well, then Boris Karloff comes in, kills it, yeah. and then, like, really becomes the guy. And Bela, like, ends up going down, like, decisions, man. Decisions. And then, funny is Bela, you know, he played the monster later. I don't know how familiar you are with those movies, so if I'm saying anything, you already know. No, 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 go no, go ahead, man. You're good. Uh, but, yeah, Bela, he played uh, the monster in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. And, uh, okay. so it's ironic. He ended up playing him after all, but it was in, like... You it know, wasn't not, like the, the OG. It wasn't the epitome of the role. Like, yeah. like the, but you know what? I'm happy that it happened because we got Boris Karloff. <laughs> yeah. Boris Karloff. And, and that's the thing that like, you think about. Like, there's certain movies where you see, like, oh, this person almost had this role. And you're like, well, if this other person hadn't got that role instead of this person, you wouldn't have this great actor or actress if someone else had gotten it. And it's like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference the, the Office real quick. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we were talking about The Office before we came on. Like, I've seen clips online where, like, they had like the who's who of like actors like better now like Seth Rogen tried out like like red screen screen red for I think Dwight Schrute yeah oh oh the tapes I've seen some yeah. of those tapes yeah and um, yeah and uh, Harold and Kumar the guy that plays Harold I forget his name he's been to a bunch of stuff he read for Jim Halpert's part and there's like oh there's all these other like famous like what very well known actors and actresses now that travel for these parts but like like I've been listening to like this podcast the office ladies podcast and they talk about how they wanted people unknown because they're like they don't want the show to be driven by big name actors they want unknown people which is like it's crazy like that you literally had the balls to take the show which was huge from britain 
bring it here and then do it with like no big name actors because you're like america always tries to redo it like we mm. really we literally re rinse and rinse and repeat everything it seems like from england yeah yeah or it, everywhere everything gets a, a u.s remake yeah okay can we talk about that real quick i am sick to death of remakes and sequels and prequels like it's like i'm just i'm sick of it i'm sick of it like yeah. everything is a remake or a prequel or a sequel it's like can we just have like original content in hollywood that doesn't require two and a half hours of all cgi like relying on computers too much i think that's just my personal opinion mm -hmm. in like the hollywood like get some original content you can't tell me there's not a screener out there that has an awesome script that isn't a remake that's been remade three or four times there's like how many movies out there that have been remade three or four times i'm like i don't care i want to watch a star is born for the fifth time <laughs> like like we don't need it every 10 years it's like just stop <laughs> yeah no we'll see uh they are what they don't consider when they're doing all these remakes and requels and prequels and sequel makes and mm -hmm. all that is well you know what for that to be a hit it had to be an original thing first fun fact yeah. hollywood <laughs> that's where the fresh ideas come into play uh because something can be the new instant classic you know and that's happening like stranger things has really hit it off uh you know uh and, and i like I, that i like that because they actually like and there is cgi in there but they actually like they let they focus on the kids acting which i like and like they're young kids i mean they're like you know mm -hmm. becoming like high school age now at this point but like yeah like he's sprouted a few of them are just like their voices are dropping i'm like no they were wow. like, they were they were like adorable and they're like you're scared for them because they're like nine now no. they're like 18 and they're like you're like 17 i'm like it's not as terrifying but the show is still fantastic oh my god no i i love the whole concept that they it's very uh ethereal very lovecraftian mm -hmm. and then it gets like body horror in the third season which i think was sweet like I'm not disappointed at all. I'm in for the ride, ready for the next one. Like, yeah, I guess I was reading online the other day that they actually had their set catch on fire, like oh yesterday. No. But no, no, nobody got hurt. But it mm -hmm. delayed them a couple of days again. And I guess the Duffy brothers said they're going to do this season probably one more. And they said they already have how they're going to wrap up the series pretty much done in season they're five. Gonna be adults. Yeah, they're by the time they do it, they're going to be like going to college. 20, they're going to be like, <laughs> I think by the time. Uh, things get delayed and people do their projects. I think by the time if they if they finish, they'll be like twenty five. But hey, I'm down. It'll be good to I see mean, that. Hey, I mean, because then it feels like we grew up with them. It's always cool to feel like that's very real life. They should play upon that instead of trying to fight it. They better make us feel like we're growing with them. Like, and and awesome. they should because and like my thing with that is like I feel like everything with all the COVID crap that kind of screwed up the whole like them being kids thing because you mm. lost almost two full years, mm. pushing almost three years with their with their age ranges. With them growing up, because like I said, like they're like the girls are becoming like females and the boys are becoming like men. It's like mm -hmm. it's like it's not like it's not as terrifying. But it's like what are they gonna do next? Like where are you gonna go? I mean, yeah, because I mean the show was they could have capped it off nice and neat in a third season, mm -hmm. got all of their head. But it's understandable that you want to keep going. Like I understand. Like you get ideas. How can we expand? Bigger, better, uncut. Mm -hmm. You know. And like my favorite character is still Hopper. I love Hopper's my yeah, guy. Uh, Hopper's my guy. Oh, here, let's jump on the note of David Harbour. I just recently saw his Hellboy. The latest have you seen that? Are you familiar with the Hellboy series? Yes, I've seen the Hellboys, but he I didn't know his was released yet. Uh yeah, so I picked did it up. I just, I, did I just miss it? It came out a couple of years ago from my understanding. His did. Yes. Well David Harbour, well he plays, you know, Hellboy. Yeah. And uh uh, and then Ian McShane is Professor Broom and uh, other people. How the hell? But did anyways, I miss that? so anyways, I I was curious about it because 
I enjoy the first two Hellboys very much with mm. Rob Perlman and Guillermo del Toro. I thought, I thought Rob Perlman was like awesome in that role. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I was super excited to check out this one. And, you know, re- reviews are always annoying because reviews, reviews don't know what. But overall, the sense I got was that it was a big, fun monster mash. And I was like, well, that sounds great. Like, yeah. I'm in for it. That's exactly what I want in a Hellboy movie. I just yeah. want to see him beat up as many monsters as possible. That's the whole point of like the comic is him beating up monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that movie was that they had beat up. They started beating up a vampire, and I'm just gonna let it go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's the only vampire fight. It's not a bunch of other crazy stuff. Like like I said, it's a big fun monster mash, and it's David Harbor. Um, Did you see him in Black Widow yet? Oh, I've not. I'll tell you what. People have been ripping on Black Widow. They did screw up a couple plot points, but they also fixed a couple. But him, him alone, I thought he was awesome in his character. Like he, I think he plays the, yeah the Red Guardian. And they're talking about maybe doing like a he wants to do like a series or like a movie with that character, almost like a prequel with like Scarlett Johansson as like a teenager or something. I read something about it online. I don't know if they're actually going to do it. But I was like. I would go see that because, like, I think he's a fantastic actor. Because, mm-hmm. like, I miss, like, when Stranger Things came out. God, that was, like, the first one was, like, what, five years ago? Five, six years ago? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Something. I remember I was working at my two jobs ago. And, like, some one of the delivery guys was like, dude, you got to see the show Stranger Things. I was like, what? Like, he's like, because Netflix was just starting to put out their, their own content mm-hmm. at that point. He goes, it's these kids and there's, like, monsters and they're, like, chasing. I'm like, that sounds stupid. And then, like, season two hit. My buddy goes, like, dude, you got to watch this shit. Then I watched it. I shit you not. I binge watched the first two seasons in like two in like less than two weeks. And they're forty five minute episodes, so it's like I would take my full weekend. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like it's watching Stranger Things. Don't bug me. I would get like a twenty four pack of beer and some chicken wings, and that was my weekend. And I'd come out of hiding to come to work the next day. <laughs> so going off of that, like, what is like what is your go to like? film series that you just you love like your favorite kind of like your favorite kind of film series uh film series oh well if that well, might mean like we'll, we'll go with a series we'll, and then we'll we go into do, uh, well let's do different categories i'm yeah. down to average in certain categories if okay. we go first let's go first favorite genres okay my favorite genre tends always to lean towards you know horror comedy Beetlejuice, The Lost Boys, Heather. Okay, I, I didn't um, know we were going with that. I was like, where is he going with this? I actually watched all of the... I watched the Heathers, but I, I fell asleep for the last 15 minutes. I still got to finish it. Mm-hmm. But so far, I'm like, it's weird, but I like it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a really weird, twisted movie. Mm-hmm, but, but it has that 80s pink feel. Yeah, because I'm like, this is... I know a writer, like, with... Um, oh my God, I can't... Um, Christian Slater. I couldn't think of his name. I could I could picture his face in a shitload of stuff, but like I'm like the first person to kill. I was like, did, did they just like murder someone? I was like, like I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, what is this? Then I'm like, watch, and then they're like playing croquet in the backyard, like nothing happened. I'm just like, what? Like, this is so weird, but like it's it's good. It's just it's different. And I like that. I was like, it was just and it had the eight, like you said, the 80s music. 80s music and movies, you have the synthesizers and everything. It's just, it's so good. I love synth. I experiment with synth myself. Uh, Josh Miller. You know Josh Miller. Do you not? Through Toots, Toots Magoots. A shout out Josh Miller of the Cleewood scene. Actor, writer, director. I might have. I met a bunch of people at his movie premieres and at his, at George's like parties in general. Well, he, oh, well, yeah. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. uh, 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 Miller, uh, great dude. And 
He also is a musician. Levitation Rituals. It's like weird ghosty trip-hop kind of stuff. Okay. And then he and I have collaborated on some stuff doing some weird synth, like, scary, like, doomy. Like, so oh, so we're, we're not talking like Ross with his uh, sounds. <laughs> Seven! <laughs> like, that... For those of you who don't, it's a friend's reference, so you 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 know what I'm talking about. Bros's mm-hmm. sounds. He called it the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, talk about a show that really spawned so many quotables. Oh my god, yeah. People rip on it, like, but you know what? That's fine. Like, my thing is, I'm like, people get mad about like shows like that. Some people get irritated because people love. It. I'm like, you know what? To me, I'm like, my opinion is, my thought is, you can like whatever show you want. That's why there's thousands of different tv shows and stories i'm like there's something for everybody i'm like watch what you want like i watch all kinds of weird shit like like the people are like why do you watch that as a dude like new girl from fox freaking love that show maybe it's a little girly but i find that no, shit Zoe I, find, is a treasure. I, I find it hilarious because i'm like we all like all those characters like we all have those people in our lives at some point or we've met those people like the the ditzy girl, pretty girl, or the Schmidt who's like the neat, clean freak, and Nick's just the grumpy old guy, and then you know, just all the characters. Of like we've met those people in our lives, and like I love it. I'm like, so I'm like, where are we gonna go on this journey? And every time I watch it, I've noticed new things. You hear lines I miss. I'm just like, oh shit. Then you go back and you watch all the co-stars they had in this. Like, um, what's his name? Shit, I can't think of what he's even been in. Schmidt's brother, uh, Big Schmidt. Schmidt. Uh, what's his Schmidt name? Who? Big Big Schmidt. He was um he was the boat captain on the office on Booze Cruise. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, oh shit. I can't think of what his name is. It's, I can't picture him in my head. It's Ron something. I, I gotta I gotta look it up now. It's gonna bother me because like <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I say his hey, name. Jamie, look that up. <laughs> yeah. God, I wish I had a Jamie. <laughs> Let's see. Um I got I gotta look it up because, like I said, as soon as I say his name, you're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look this up real quick. It's gonna. Yeah, well, you know, we have the internet always around. It's which crazy. which which is the nice? No, I don't. It, just, it gave me a movie booze cruise. I said booze cruise, the Office cast, and it's not what it gave the movie me. Booze cruise. What's that about? Do we need to watch that? Do we need a live stream and watch a <laughs> booze cruise? I'm very curious. No, I it, it looks pretty bad. Let's see well, here. Okay, you're not turning me off, like Rob, Rob Riggle. Rob, oh, oh yeah, oh, Rob Riggle, oh, Rob, okay. the Marine turned actor. Which also, is cr- also Adam Driver. Adam, say Adam Driver, which is crazy. They both went to be actors, both on the Marine Corps, and now they're both just like huge. Yeah, and both in like kind of you know uh, different genres too. You know, yeah. well, Adam Driver does both very well, but I've only seen Rob Riggle do comedy. If he's done a drama, at me and tell me the drama he's done. But in the meantime. Uh, I think both he, great though. I think he's so good in like the comedy roles. No, he is. I when I first saw him in Step Brothers, and it's like he will eat your dick like Kobayashi. God. <laughs> that was that was him, wasn't it? Uh-huh. He just like bam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. That was oh the first time I God. saw him, and I was just like, who is this guy? And Adam Scott, he plays Will Ferrell's older brother, who is also tried out for the role of Jim Halpert in The mm. Office before he was like a big name. It's like. You watch those tapes, people. If you have, if you like The Office, look up the YouTube off the on YouTube. Wow, words. The Office cast on YouTube. It is fantastic. You look up all the actors who are big now. It's like you're gonna see dozens of familiar faces, which is like, it's crazy. So, what what is a movie series that you or genre you're just like, no, get away from me. I just I can't. Hmm. I honestly don't know if there is one. 
Mike, because everything has merit, and there are so many twists on everything nowadays. Like, genres used to be very cut and dry, but as we grow older as a society and, you know, do different things and blend creativities, you're getting different spins on everything. Like, Westerns used to be all about Clean Eastwood, you know, looking real squinty, (laughs) raising a pistol. But nowadays, you got Westerns like Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. And, uh, oh, you have to see a bone tomahawk. It's Westerners versus cannibals, and I'll leave it at that. But it's like a legit, like, Western just feels gritty and real. See, I just watched the Tantino Westerns. See, I just watched Tombstone for the first time a couple months ago. Oh, and I was was blown away. I was like, Mm -hmm. because I saw the cast, I saw, I was like, Sam Elliott, Kurt Russell, Val Kimner, and there's a couple other people I just, I'm forgetting, but like, the cast is just fucking loaded. Top to bottom, it's just like Jesus. Yeah, I was like, "How have I missed this movie?" Everyone's like, "Have you never seen this movie?" I'm like, "Again, I haven't seen every movie." But the chances are, I can. The thing is, I know the most famous quote from that movie. I'll be your Huckleberry. Everyone knows that line, and that's another thing I love about movies, and like even like well, even TV shows. Like, I love that like you can like literally tell a movie or TV show just from like one line of it. Like if I go pivot. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. Or, or that's what she said. Like, mm-hmm. everyone knows that. Like, it, it's just like, or you have, like, the one from How I Met Your Mother. Wait for it. Legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Legend. Dairy. Like, mm-hmm. and like, it's just like shit like that. And, or like, mm-hmm. there's like, um, God, there's like the Terminator. I'll be back. And Rambo. Mm-hmm. He drew first blood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, and that's what, that's what, to me, like, that's why I love movies. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> And like to me, like that's why me personally, I love movies. I always wanted to be like in the movie industry. I just never knew. I'm like, what do I gotta do to like kind of do? I'm like, I don't want to be an actor. Like that's not my thing. I I can't do it. I've always wanted to be behind the scenes. To me, the most fascinating part about movies is how they're made, like shooting locations, like how they do the special effects, the cars flipping. You know, I'm talking like obviously like big budget Hollywood film stuff like that. Like. I love the behind the scenes of making the movie. Like I buy everything damn near all special editions so I can watch that shit. Cause I think that is like cool. What these dudes can do with like a camera or whatever. And it's just like, I think I just, I love, I love movies, especially cause with movies, there's a movie for every mood that you're in. Mm-hmm. No matter what your mood is. Like if you're depressed or like pissed, like what's your go-to movie? Oh, well I'll tell you what. Uh, the closest thing I can think of to answering that is, I think, of comfort films. I think of yeah, hungover films. We'll, we'll, we'll go with when I'm hungover, films. when I'm hungover, my comfort movie is super bad. Mm. 100%. <laughs> super bad, I just feel so at home, and I have the nice giggles, and I just, like, I'm relaxed, and I just feel, I love all the characters. It just, it, even the, down to the color grade, the color grade of the film is very warm. Yeah. And so, like, and when I'm, I'll tell you what, one of the worst things to watch hungover, I love Rick and Morty. But in Rick and Morty, Rick, I'm, uh, I'm summer, I'm Morty, is he's like burping and like, because uh, he drinks a bunch of alcohol. That made me puke once while I was hungover. I was like, I can't watch this. But it probably so, made you feel better afterwards. Because uh, you got no, out of your system. Uh, yeah, there are times where it does. And that was the time where it just felt unnecessarily rough. <laughs> but then again, I guess I wanted to come up. It wanted to come up. But aggravants do exist. But anyways, back to the point. Super bad. Comfort movie. See, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's what my that's all-time movie. Gene too. Wilder. I mentioned him twice. Yeah. That young Frank's like, he, well, a genius and such a thoughtful man. See, I have some weird ones. 
Yeah. So, like, one of my go-to, like, comfort movies is Elizabethtown, which came out a long time ago. It's like a weird rom-com with Orlando Bloom, oh. Alec Baldwin, Kirsten Dunst, oh. uh, Susan Sarandon. Oh. And, and then, like, the daughter that, that is in the movie is famous from something. I forget what her, her name is. I don't know what it is. I put on, I'm just like, I guess it, oh, and um, what's her name? Um, the Paula, the cooking lady. Uh, the, the, Paula Dane Butter, y'all. Yeah, she's in it. She she plays a grandma in the movie. <laughs> it's really, it's it's just, it's, 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 it's different. But I'm like, I watch it and I was like, I just feel better. I'm like, I don't know why. Really weird. And then like, and then I go from that and then I watch like Roadhouse. Just yeah, watching uh, some dude get his throat ripped out. Just like, I feel better. Patrick Swayze just murdered someone by ripping his throat <laughs> out and then throwing it into the water. Then dragging the corpse into the lake, screaming. Why that makes like- why that makes me feel better? Maybe I'm a sociopath. I don't know, but hey, you know I've wondered why I've always been drawn to the dark, but then it actually kind of turns out I have my origins origins in it. Because that's like what the first horror movie I think I can say I ever actually saw. I remember I was young enough to be held. My dad was holding me. And he holds up the cover of Leprechaun Two. He says, "You want to watch a movie about bad guys?" And I said, "Yeah." And then I don't remember seeing the movie, but then I remember, ah! and then my mom holding me, going, "What the fuck, John?" <laughs> and, then, and but then it tracks back even further. Get this, Paul. Okay. So then I'm told later, years later, uh, by my father, and then confirmed by my mother that one of their first dates was to see Leprechaun at the drive-in. Uh, but my so, mom so. is not about so much. She likes horror comedies, but she doesn't like straight horror, horror, just whatever. Okay. Even though Leprechaun is a horror comedy. But either way, she wasn't digging the movie. She ditched for a smoke and never came back. But my dad stuck it out, watched the whole movie. But she was still there at the end. You know what I'm saying? She just went. Yeah. She just left the car. And but it's so weird that Leprechaun has had such a hand in my upbringing. Hey, do, okay. Do you remember? I'm, I'm gonna throw a little. I'm gonna throw a little question at you. See if, see if you can get this. A lot of people remember this. What actress got one? Of, had one of her first big acting roles in that movie? Jennifer Aniston. Oh. See, I've never actually seen those movies, but I know she was in one of them. Very fun. Warwick Davis, Willow. Do you know Willow? Ron Howard. Uh, I, little I, person wizard movie. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's just one of those movies where I'm like, I need to sit down and like watch it. It's like Pan's Labyrinth. Like, I gotta like sit down and like you gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't like Val yeah. Kilmer. You brought Val Kilmer. He's also in that. Is he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it's a young Val Kilmer too? Oh yeah, right? yes, yes. We're talking. He's a little bit older than Top Gun Val Kilmer. Yeah. Which uh, is that like, was what late eighties, early nineties, if I do recall correctly. Willow, I mean. I don't know about Top Gun. Uh, Top, was, Gun, was Top Gun was 87. Oh, I was going to guess 86. I wouldn't borrow. Because Top Gun's like my, like my, that's, that it holds a special place in my heart. That's another movie where you're like, I have a need for speed. Like, I could, I could literally. So, okay. So I'm going to tell you a quick story mm-hmm. and everybody else can hear it. So we, <laughs> so every 4th of July, we go up to our buddy's parents' house. He runs our fantasy football league because everybody up from the league up there. So I go up there and this year, like, I told him, I was like, hey, why don't we do like a movie night project my inside the house? He goes, sweet. He's like, I'll, I bring Top Gun. He's a big Top Gun fan. So we were drinking all day, boating and drinking. And by like the end of the night, I am like, I don't even know how many sheets to the wind I am. <laughs> we, we, we start Top Gun and there's like 20, probably 15. We'll say we'll say 12 to 15 outside. I don't know how many because I was not completely coherent. <laughs> and I guess my buddy was telling me, he goes, 
dude, I don't remember doing this. He goes, dude, you literally stood up and quoted the entire movie from start to finish and sang the songs with it and like danced because <laughs> I literally watched Top Gun probably once a month. People go, why? I'm like, it's like, it's my movie. I'm just like, it's a Top Gun night. I, I will literally get, I do the same thing every time. I get pizza, I get a 12-pack of beer, and I watch Top Gun. It's always on a weekend, okay? So all the people think I'm getting an alcoholic during the week. <laughs> it's always a weekend. But Top Gun, that's like my comfort movie. I'm ready for the second one. I'm gonna. Fl- I'm getting a full flight suit. We're meeting my buddies. Me and my buddy are going to flight suit up. I'm getting the Maverick one. He's my goose. A live goose. But well, I told him to dress up as dead goose, which would be funny. Put some fake glass on. Oh, God. Which would be funny. Oh, spoiler alert. But at this point, it's been 34 years. If you haven't seen it, that's just... That's just tough shit. But so, shit. What was I gonna ask you next? But yeah, speaking of dark movies, let you. I know you uh, want to talk about your film, your little mm-hmm. short film you just premiered at the. Is it fun? Fun. Fun. All oh, the fun mill film two no, festival. Fun mill uh-huh. film again. Uh, Kinsley Finari and Josh Miller, who I brought you know a couple times. That's uh, so they debuted their festival last year, twenty twenty, right before shit hit the fan. They were one of the last great Cleewood events. As well as Tootsis, which was in November. Where was that held at? I I, I know it was uh, online, but I just forget where it was. Atlas, Cinema, Atlas Cinemas, Euclid 7. Or is some that arrangement where, of those Is words. that where George was at? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. They are a big supporter of the the Cleewood community. Yeah, they I remember, I remember the theater. All of the four, you know, most of the 48 events, like George's, Fun Mill, they are awesome. Shout out Atlas Cinemas, Euclid 7. Yeah, cause I remember. I remember. I saw it online. I'm like, that'd be cool to go to. But like, I think I had to work. I think I was still at my old job. I won't say the name of it because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody there. But I remember I had to be at work at like seven, and I was like, there's no way. I was like, I can't. Like, I'm an old man. I can't stay up late and go to work the next day. I mean, I did a few times at my old job. Extremely hungover because we went out. We're like, we're gonna have two beers. Next thing I know, we're nine, ten beers deep, and it's midnight. I'm like. We have to get up for work in five and a half hours. We should probably leave the bar. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> and well, you know, the, the ability to handle such things dissipates as you age. Yeah, I, tried I went out this past Monday, or, or it was a Sunday to Monday, after up to like 1 a.m. after not having done that in a while. And I had to be up at like 7, 8 the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah! I wasn't hungover, but just the, the exhaustion, like in the level yeah, of listlessness. You, was, you just wake up in the morning. You, you just wake up in the morning. You're just like, I am like so tired. Yeah, it was so hard to wake up and and soreness. You ever, you know how like working out, it kicks in sometimes two days after the fact. Like the next day, you wake up fine, mm-hmm. but then the, the second day, you're like, oh, those muscles I worked out two days ago are suddenly mm-hmm. you know kicking in. Yeah, and and and, and uh, I've done some serious elliptical work two days previous. So all of a sudden, my pelvis just felt like, Ugh! yeah. So like me with with my thing, like we got up there like on a Friday night up at the lake, and I think I had I I don't know what what my issue was. Like I think I had I think I drank fourteen summer shanties in like a four and a half hour span, and then we had some like good whiskey with it, and, it, and like I was feeling awesome. Then I woke up the next day. Ate breakfast at like ten. Went back to bed till like three. Got back up. We went out on the boat. I I had my whole body was just like shutting down, mm-hmm. and my whole body just hurt for like the next couple of days. I was hung over till probably seven thirty the next day p.m. Whoa! And I thought, so it is true they say they get worse as you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I don't even know. Like we might be the same age. I don't even know. I'm twenty eight. How old are you? I'm 34. 
Okay, almost. Yeah. yeah, I turned 34 end of May. I was trying to think, when's my birthday? <laughs> that, that, that also happens. You forget when your freaking birthday is. <laughs> I'm sure not. One time when I was like, I was like 21, 22, and I can't remember. I was buying something that you had to be of age for at the gas station, and they were like, "Hold you." I was like 18, like, and I was like, I left there, and I was like, "What the? <laughs> Why did I? What, what? What answer blurted out of my mouth? It was just a moment of absence." I said, "You're just like, oh wait, I'm 22." But I've often been compared to McLovin, so I guess I'm old enough. The party. <laughs> I, I I love that movie because it's like I saw that movie in theaters. I remember when it came out. I think I just turned twenty one, and we went to see it in my hometown. And I remember going to see it, and like the part where like he talks about flicking his boner up into his waistband because because <laughs> it feels because like it hides it and it feels cool. It's like people did that shit. Like I did that shit. Like that shit happens when you're like 18, 19, 17, 18, you're Like you're going through hormones. You see girls. You're like. Oh, girls are like getting breasts and ass. Not to sound like a sexist, but like girls are developing. I guess is the best way. And they're noticing you. They're noticing your growing loins. Yeah, and it's just like, and then like he talks about uh, like, and then the scene where like Evan looks at Beck where she's bent down. He's like staring at her chest in math class. It's like that happened to me in a math class in high school. Got totally busted. I was just like. I literally did the thing. It's like, it's like, what are you gonna do? Like, you got like the girl sees you. She's like, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm human. Like, I, I'm just a perverted 18 year old boy. It's like, I, I don't, like, I'm doing stuff with my hands. You guys can't see it right now, but it's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Cars, Mm. cars run really good today. We did really good, but yeah. But yeah, Superman, I relate to you so much because like it was like two, three years after high school. I was like, oh my god, I, I, I get this. Like this, I I lived, I did this shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing. They created them a very relatable. You know, they created the sixteen candles or the Saint Elmo's fire or the you know Pretty in Pink mm-hmm. of our generation. You know, yeah. it's one of those just like Freaks and Geeks is like that. But it, but it's that's much more raunchy. Than- oh, 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 absolutely. But I'm just saying. That levels up with the times, because yeah. times always get raunchier. Well, they get raunchy, and then they get subdued, and then they get raunchy, and they get subdued. Well, we're in a raunchy period. I don't know, because I feel like if like a show like The Office came out now, it would not go well. Because you, you think about some of the stuff they did, because mm-hmm. there was like, some racist and like mm-hmm. homophobic stuff on there, which is like, me, I'm not either one of those. That I just, it's like, to me, that show is just funny. I'm like, I don't, you know subscribing that stuff but it's like either they did that stuff and now people would like lose their mind like it's just a joke they're just joking like but people don't see it that way it's just like it's, i mean some of the stuff you did I, that they did i'm just like oh you can't say that like mm-hmm. you just you can't well, say that's that. the cringe and i was like oh but yeah, like like the dinner like the dinner party oh like incredible that. legendary like that was like that's probably my top three episodes is dinner it's, party. Uh, it's in everybody's top three it's gotta be the favorite, my favorite, is the fork dipping the steak into the knife, or, or I'm sorry, into the wine. And, and, he, and he's like, and just, and he's like, can, 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 can you please can, can, not do, do that? that? <laughs> do what? <laughs> and then he gets, he gets to say, Paulie's girl sign out, and it's like, it's all bright and loud. <laughs> that was a plasma screen! No, one of my favorite office moments, it was towards the end of Michael's tenure there, was when they were trying to get the deals by him and Dwight traveling around handing out all the treat baskets. Oh my they had God. the precious yes, turtles. Yes. And then and then they didn't make the deal with the one people, so they returned and they're like, Where are the turtles? Where are they? <laughs> oh my God, that was so awesome. Yeah, he drives 
The Curve in the Pond. Yeah, I literally just <laughs> listened. I just listened to the episode today on the Offsides podcast on Spotify. Just listened to it. And they actually did, like, pull the car into a lake with a rig. So, like, Steve Carell and, like, uh, Rain Wilson actually had to climb out of the car. And the camera guy was in the backseat, was actually in the car. He had to climb out with a, they said it was a $110,000 camera or something like that. He had to climb out. He couldn't get it wet. And then, then he comes and he, he's like, so like, what happened? He goes, I drove my car into a fucking lake. And they beat, the fact that they beeped it, it just it made it so much funnier because everyone's just like, the shock value. It's just like. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of that show. But, uh, but yeah, let's go back to your movie. You, you said, and I know you want to talk about that, the Fun Mill Oh, yeah, Festival. so in the studio, which we, which we did for Fun Mill Films 2. Uh, so it's a really great competition because, you know, uh, in Cleveland, our first major competition is the 48-hour film competition. Uh, headed up by, shout-out, Ron George, special effects makeup artist master, as well as filmmaker in his own right. He also did a film for Fun Mill Films. We'll promote his, uh, he, uh, hmm, what was it? Uh, because I Can. That was the title of his. Okay. It was pretty crazy, pretty sharp, pretty edgy. Catch that. But then uh, mine, which I did, uh, well, not mine, it was ours, with Carpathian Brothers uh, Pictures, with Rob Motok. He's my Carpathian brother, because we have that Romanian connection. For he really is Romanian, and I might be. But was that a drama? I watched because it. Because of vampires. So, so I watched it last night, and now that you talk about, like, you like the dark stuff, I'm like, now I'm like thinking about <laughs> it. I'm, I'm like... It makes sense. So it kind of like, I guess, like explain like what it's about if you can, if you're allowed mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's out now. You can catch on the YouTubes on Rob's channel. And like, it's literally like seven minutes. So it's like, I think it's a little mm-hmm. over seven minutes. It's like a real quick watch. Oh yeah. Let me give a lowdown on the festival. So the yeah, way that the, the Fun Mill Films Festival works is uh, you have to make a seven minute short film based upon the first page of a script they give you. Now, it's vague as far as character names, but they give you actions and dialogue. So you guys didn't come up with the script. Someone gave you, like, the first page of the script, and you guys just ran with it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, but everybody's different, because, again, the first page is very vague. 48 hours to make it, then, right? Well, that's for the 48-hour. For the, well, okay, let's differentiate. So, the 48-hour film festival, that's where you get... Uh, two days from 7.30 p.m. on a Friday to, like, 7.30 p.m. on a Sunday. Okay. And they give you, you you draw your hat for a genre, and you get a character name and occupation. You get a prop you have to use, and you get a line of dialogue. That's the 48. That's awesome, though. Yeah. That's hard. That, that, that's hard to do. And now we just had the 48-hour film festival recently. Did you participate in it? Yes, I did with Armada Studios, headed up by... John Sweeney and shout out uh, my roommate Louis Schneider. He's in the running for best actor, so shout out Lou. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, uh, J. Cole was in it, Matt Barnhart, Jordan Graytack. I could shout out the people. Danielle Sims, Terry Beast Grove. We won't, well, all the shouts. I'm was, so um, excited. was, what's her name? I was lighting up that one. Oh, you're fine. Was, um, the girl that was in Georgia is Jessica. I can just pronounce her last name. I can, I, I always butcher it. To be honest with you, I've been calling her Hollis forever, but I could be wrong. Jess, shout me out. Am I saying it right or not? Jessica Hollis. Or is that Hollis? I don't know. But yeah, I like, I always thought she was like, I saw her in George movie. I was like, mm-hmm. she was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, Jess is very multi-talented, yeah. and she actually uh, directed the first uh, film that we had for Carpathian, or, well, Carpathian Brothers Pictures, first film in the Fun Mill Films 1. Okay. That film was a film called Take 19. Little meta film comedy with the twist. 
Okay, but yeah, we're, we're, let's go back to the one you originally we were originally talking about. <laughs> like, like, like I said, we were going to jump around, so we're going to we're going to bring it back. Jump, jump, jump around. <laughs> jump, jump. So yeah, so back to yours. You said you. So this isn't the one where you get a line. This is like one you guys just did. Yeah, they give us okay. the first page with a very vague first page with just you know dialogue and basic situation, and then you run with it, make it what you want, and we. I love I, I love metal music, heavy metal of all sorts. Yeah. Uh, I love you know Behemoth, Cannibal Corpse, Slayer, System of a Down, you know endless well, endless bands of all creed and color. But anyway, I'm actually surprised you said heavy metal, which I don't listen to a whole lot, but I listen to some, not a whole lot. But I was like, you named two, then I was like, well, I know those two. Oh yeah, and Gojira. What about Gojira? You Gojira yeah. man? I've heard of Guar. Oh, Guar I've, I've never listened to Guar, but I know I've heard of them. I've seen them. I was like, they're a gimmick I like. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Oh, I would love to be in their crowd and get the spray thrown on you. <laughs> but yeah, back to your film again. So yeah, so I love metal, and uh, so it turns out, you know, uh, in the course of making our first film, Take Nineteen, we uh, through Jess had met the amazing uh, production assistant, which then involves so much more, uh, Rachel Vanek, and then she's got connections through. Her husband and her brother-in-law, they own the studio, uh, Jason Vanek and Sean Vanek, respectively. They own Mercenary Studios in Avon, Ohio. Believe it or not, we have a great metal recording studio right here in Avon, Ohio. In Cleveland. Avon. In Jeez. Avon. Cleveland is building oh. up in multiple facets. And I also, that. shout out Noah Buchanan, who has a hand in the stakes and mixes some serious tunes. A lot see, of great bands have been there. See, oh, my God. I've also read, like again, we're going to go a little off topic. I've also read like Cleveland is developing like a lot of like good like film studios too like around the Cleveland mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. and like it's becoming like a new hot because people can do their films here and it's like a third of the cost of filming like a New York City or an LA. And that's, that's the thing. We're and I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, Paul, uh, we have more fresh water, so everything's gonna come here eventually. Yeah, and to, and to me, I'm like. I think that's cool, like, because, you know, you had, like, the Avengers came here mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. more than once. We have so many things, though. We have so many locations within a short span, right? You know, you can be in downtown Cleveland. You got the lake. You got beaches. You got the Lake Erie Islands. You have all the urban areas of Cleveland. You have the suburban areas. You mm-hmm. have the country areas, you know, usually in about 30, 40 minutes drive in any direction. Plus, Which is more, weird, because you wouldn't the- think. And it's like, you can drive 25 minutes from Cleveland. You're, like, in the middle of a cornfield. You're like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the hell? It's awesome. Did I just walk into the signs? <laughs> <laughs> you got Amish country, you got Hocking Hills, you got an incredible Metro Park system. I mean, we have so much to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just totally makes sense. And if you look at us on a map, we look like a heart. Like a little dot. A little dot. A little heart. Yeah. Little dot. I, I, see, I love Cleveland. I do. Well, I'm talking about Ohio's in general. That's oh, you're talking about the shape of Ohio. Yeah, okay, I'm talking about Cleveland. I was like, I don't. I mean, I guess we can go with the heart shape, but <laughs> well, we're the heart within a heart. But yeah, no, I'm sorry, I was talking about Ohio. Ah, ah. So yeah, so you like you say so your whole premise was off the death metal. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll yes. Well, then. this one's a particularly a doom metal track, and so, anyways, you got to collaborate very closely with Sean Vanek, who shout out him, uh, guitar and uh, great world famous band Midnight. As well as his own band, Vanek, which is like horror theme rock and metal, like oh, immensely awesome, chill, uh, but extremely driven, uh, fun uh, dude to work with. We so in the beginning, Rob and I got the idea we needed this like chance, and we knew we had, we had access to the studio through Rachel. Rachel mm-hmm. had said like, "Hey, if you guys want to use the studio," so it's like, "Okay, great, we got a location. Let's build our story off the location available to us." 
Write to your resources. Yeah. Shout out writers. Write to your resources. Don't write a castle if you don't have a castle. Well, you can dream. You can shave it for later. I'm not pooping on you. Ambition eyes. And go. All right. Anyways. <laughs> what, so we wait, hold on. What was that? I, I suddenly was like telling people to write to the resources, but I also wanted to encourage them because I know how it feels to be like, no, I want to write with a castle. And I'm like, but write to your resources. So I'm like, shelve it for later. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I've been on both sides. Listen, kid. I've been at this a long time. I'm a dreamer, but I know how to do. You gotta do both. You gotta do and you gotta dream, kid. You gotta do them both. But you can't do them at the same time. Time and place, kid. Time and place. I hope to God you're quoting. Is that is that Rocky or am I just like way missing? Oh, I just made that up. Uh, oh, knows? it sounded like a Rocky speech. I'll be honest. It sounded like a Rocky speech. And I watched all the Rockies like a month ago. Like I watched one each day. I watched all six of them or whatever there is mm-hmm. i've seen them all now so no, nobody give me shit anymore so back to your your, your <laughs> we're trying to get to for 20 minutes no, i love no i love these side we've got and, and a whole we've got a good flow going and that's the thing like with this like uh, that's what with like everybody who's listening like knows like i'll have people on like we'll have a topic and it's just it goes off the rails sometimes and that's it is what it is and we, we always bring it back around that's how my style, you know, story, storytelling and uh, working goes anyways, is uh, I, I get around to it eventually. We take the scenic route, but we get there. Yeah, because to me, I'm like with this, I, I love doing this. This is to me, this is fun. It's like, sorry, I'm sorry, folks. I'm looking at my door. It just it keeps opening and closing. <laughs> I think it's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so back to your film like we were talking about. <laughs> We, I don't think we've actually gotten to the whole point of it. So, you, so yes. So you guys, you guys, so you guys actually went to. Was that actually like a real music studio? You guys like went to? Yes. So that was Mercenary Studios, right in Avon, off Mills Road, and Sean Vanek. So, anyways, so we decided from the beginning. So we're gonna right to a studio, and we got the idea, you know, invoke a goddess, a cult type thing involving a band, playing a chant, a song. Okay. So, so we had a ba- okay. No, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then I got inspired by this Indian goddess, Dumavadi, and I sent the chant to Sean Vanek. I was like, you know, let's make something based off this. But I didn't want to mimic it exactly, because mm-hmm. I don't want to accidentally invoke something that I don't know what it's fully about. Yeah, let's not, let's not, let's not bring that stuff to Ohio. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, because, mm-hmm. like, there, there are other movies that have historically used real names of entities and things, and whether they are or not demons, just gods, this, that, the other, I don't want to use a real knowing name, because you just don't know who you're calling out to. Yeah, 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 you and, don't, you don't want to mess with that stuff. If you don't know you, Tim Hale, and you just call Tim Hale out of the blue, and I'm in a bad mood. Whoa, I swear, guys, I saw a shadow move. That was weird. Oh, don't say that, Tim. Stay away, you. You're not welcome here. Oh, you're being... Fly away. You're being No, I'm not, I'm not being a pass fucker. <laughs> That's a good word. Pass fucker. Don't be a pass fucker. Anyways, uh, I didn't even name anything, so there's nothing to appear. <laughs> Divine light creative uh, loving forces are between us and exist in every particle of our being and the things that compose us. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> Australian is my favorite accent. I do like this accent. So... You guys went to the studio. You guys yeah, got the so chance. I sent the chance to Sean. Okay. And I was like, you know, let's craft something around this. Let me know what you think. He sent me something back. Uh, boy, he's like, you know, let me know if you need to change the thing. First thing blew my mind. And then it informed the script because the script was not solidified at, the, mm. at that point. Just his scratch track was. And it inspired me of the script. I just looped it because it was a minute song because we only have a seven minute film. Yeah. But that being said, we dedicated one minute of our seven minute. I can say that five times fast. One minute of our seven-minute film 
to this music video section mm-hmm. and this whole yeah. song. But it was amazing. So I would loop it. I'd loop it. I'd write to it. And then Rob, you know, we, 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 we would co- corroborate on that. Collaborate. See, I feel like I've met Rob before through George. Rob Motok, absolutely. He's a 2D staple. Exactly. I feel like I've met him in passing at least once or twice at, like, I think I feel like he was at his premiere for his movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was uh, in the background that bar day. Okay. That was actually the first... No, one of the second times I met Rob. First time I met Rob was on the set of Fun. Which was, I am okay. Yo, okay. Fun. Okay. Let's okay. talk about Fun. Okay, we got to talk about, about this. Okay. okay, folks. So you guys, again, this one, um, this is another movie that George did. I don't think he wrote this one. He was just in it. He, correct? Yeah, he and Josh Miller were the leads. couple of psychopaths. It was uh, written yeah. and directed by uh, Kinsley Finari and Robbie Barnes. She shot made Shot by James Naiman. Okay, so wait. <laughs> so this film, to us, like we saw a trailer for it at George's premiere, which was back, God, what, 2019 now? November 2019. So a trailer came out for it, and it looked like, because like George is like the nicest human being you could ever mm-hmm. possibly, and it will literally bend over backwards for you. And then like you see him play this role where he's like smashing a dude's head with a hammer, and you're just like, I fucking love this. Cause like you don't see the side of George ever, and like we're all so pumped, and then COVID happened, and we're literally still waiting. I text George at least once a month. I'm like, when's this shit coming out? Cause like I get my suit dry cleaned. I'm covering that premiere because I'm really excited about it. Yeah, but yeah, fun's gonna be freaking. It looks so good. It mm-hmm. looks so good. And he's got look look up the trailer online. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And then the, you can say you can name the directors again so they can find it on YouTube. Yeah, Kinsley Finari, Robbie Barnes, those two in tandem co-wrote and directed it. But yeah, it's on YouTube. The video's up there. We watched the trailer for it at his place a couple, like about a month ago. And he has, there's a lot of hits on it too. Like it's not yeah. like 10 or 20. It's like a couple thousand. Yeah, it's won some awards too. It's won best, I, I, pardon me, I don't know all the laurels, but it has won best uh, horror feature film at least I know one festival and taken other awards. So I mean, uh, the, you know, when they, when they wrote this script, they wrote a broom into it because they wanted to clean house. What I said that I saw, I saw a trailer for it. I remember everybody that I worked with at the time was like, "This looks awesome! Like, production looks really good. The special effects look good." I'm like, for being like an indie film that people are literally paying for for themselves, it looks freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great thing is you know nowadays the the gap between professional and and indie you know is shrunk enormously due to yeah. user friendly technology and, and ingenious techniques for that people are figuring out how to do really cinematic things and then sharing with each other via the internet like yeah because you know, no holds barred because to me with what well, well, off of what you're saying you don't to me you don't need to have spend hundreds of millions of dollars on special effects to have a good movie because you know there, you, there's like i can't think of off time but there's been numerous movies where they their budget was like like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that or even less than that and it won like awards i want to say super bad didn't have a big budget, if I remember correctly, but I may be yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, I'm not sure, but I know it wasn't like super, you know, huge Armando budget. It was, I think it was more on the indie side, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I so said there's a bunch of those movies out there that are really good, and the budgets are small, and they're phenomenal because you have good script, you have, you have good writing, good acting, good directing, cinematography, audio, all that shit that makes a great movie. So we keep, we keep like, we're like halfway to the end of your movie. <laughs> hey, you know, we're talking about a lot of good stuff yeah. along the way, especially like I said, we brought up Supergirl before. You're never going to make me a shot away from talking about the movie. Big influence. Like, and you know, the cool thing about that is that was something that was, you know, it gives you hope. Like 
one thing you find about, you know, the more and more you get into the movie business, just in the Cleveland area and producing your own stuff, let alone doing it at the Hollywood level, where you have more people with their hands in the cookie jar and have decisions to make. And you have you realize this. how long it takes to develop something and to get it put out and to get it made, approved, greenlit, you know, yada, yada, yada. Superbad had started something that, you know, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they had been running that since they were like teenagers or something and just kept working on it and hammering and hammering, you know, over on this time, you know, they were able to make it happen. And it's like, uh, that's awesome. And it just, you know, it shows you gotta be, you gotta persevere. You have to be persistent. So we were way off. It was a $20 million budget. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's totally an independent movie. Yeah, yeah. We, we, that's, and that's an independent movie with inflation and. Yeah, know, I said I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a small budget. I said I know there's a bunch out there. Wow. Well, we're telling tales out of school, but whatever. We're not factologists. Maybe we're not factologists. Maybe it was Napoleon Dynamite. I was thinking of that has small budget. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that, yeah, was yeah, real, yeah okay, no, that was a real. That was Yeah. That, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh. I looked up here. Four hundred thousand dollars. It brought in forty-six million. That's incredible. Yeah, no Napoleon. That now that's a story. Uh, that now the first time I saw it, I was like, "What?" Because it was so different. It was like this alternative, like different style of comedy. It wasn't mm -hmm. like the outright brandish, you know, whatever of which you know uh, come before it. It was just smarter. It was different. And so the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, "I didn't like it." And I saw it again. I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I gotta get it." And the third time, I was like, "Oh." And then yeah. now it became such a hardcore staple. I've dressed up as Kit multiple times. Yeah, well, you know, I got some of, you know, grown out of mustache yeah, and see, bought some glasses. So it's getting crazy. See, serious. I was the same way with that movie because it took me two or, two or three watches and I was like, oh, this shit's hilarious. And then, like, the same thing happened with me with The Matrix. I'm like, I don't get it. Then I watched it two or three more times. I'm like, this is fucking genius. <laughs> okay, so I looked up another one here. You're gonna, you'll, you'll recognize this one American Graffiti. Which was one of George Lucas's like first like huge ones. Mm -hmm. Also one of Harrison Ford's first roles. Oh, do, do you know how he got the role? Uh, well, I know he was a carpenter in mm -hmm. his early days, and he was he a would carpenter. Waterfalls and all kinds of crazy he, stuff. He was a stars houses. He was a carpenter on set for the film, and then something happened. They needed him to fill in the role, read a couple lines, and then George Lucas loved him, and we know what happened after that. Yeah, friggin. Star Wars. To, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we can say without getting sued, because Disney owns everything except for this podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. If they want to some sponsor money, sure. Paul's yeah, a great guy. Yeah, Why the pie? Yeah, he means well. Yeah, Disney, sponsor me. I'll, I'll sell out to Disney Plus for a couple mil. <laughs> I'll They'll never... push whatever agenda you want. Yeah, I'll wear Star Wars t-shirts <laughs> online. I'll wear Han Solo everything. I don't even care. I'll wear Han Solo tidy whities on this podcast. It doesn't even matter. He'll wear so much Han Solo behind duo i'll even get my nipples pierced with han solo tassels on the end oh my <laughs> so, okay. carbonized and nipple form <laughs> oh, no one wants to see that no one needs to ever needs to see that so back to your film again uh, uh. so you guys got the script you got the chant you got the goddess yes and then we had the you know so we had a number of uh, super talented individuals you know we knew we were gonna bring together so Rob and I, we were co co write, co act, and then uh, you know end up being Tim Hale. You're gonna shoot this, and I shot a number of you know different uh, productions, uh, feature. I shot feature documentaries, short films. So it was like, oh, I'm down to shoot, and then we decided we're gonna have three different cinematography styles throughout. But you gotta watch, and see what I mean. Oh, I saw it. 
That was, oh, well, uh, well, you I, do. I was, I'm shout out to the views. Oh, though, okay, you know, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you know the real deal, Paul. So you know what it is. And, but yeah, so we had so Rob, myself, Kaylee Williams, who was in our original film, and oh, shout Kaylee. And she was in our film, The Boat Launch, which we filmed uh, last year outside of festival conditions. It was just a short film we wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Body swapping romantic comedy. You can also find that on YouTube. Check out The Boat Launch. The Boat Launch, take 19, in the studio. Check all those out through Rob Botock and Hales Tales Productions. But uh, yeah, so super fantastic, good, great. We had Colin Johnson. Because we had the imaginary band, right? So, mm-hmm. Kaylee, she played Zora. We had all these Z names because we have our goddess, Zazul. But then we have Kaylee, their singer, Zora. Rob, he plays Zane. He's kind of the crazy cult leader of this band. Mm-hmm. We have Colin Johnson banging on the drums. And he, you know, was really the musical backbone uh, during our music video sequence. Or no, was he Zane? Oh, yeah. Rob was Zion. Ha <laughs> ha. Colin was Zane. And then we had Elizabeth De Felice, our special effects makeup artist, as well as playing in the film Zsa Zsa Bloodshed. So that was. Uh, it, was that the one that popped up with Danny Goes Stupid, Stupid uh, Third, Fourth, I forget what she said, something? Is that the one that was she the one wearing the headdress thing at the oh, end? Oh, that was Zazul. Yeah. Who was that? Oh, that was the goddess. That, that oh, what, oh, oh, no, no, what, like, what? Like, like who played? Like who? Like, oh, who, yes, Brenna. Yeah, I cannot forget, dear Brenna Shippy. Oh my gosh! And then we had Shankita playing bass. Shankita was slapping the bass, and he, uh, yes. Oh my gosh, we cannot forget those folks. Oh, slapping mad instruments. Yeah, because at first I thought it was a trailer. I was like, I don't know. This is definitely not a trailer. It's just like a super like short film, but it was good. It was just kind of like then you said you mentioned you liked all the dark stuff. I was like, it makes sense now. With like the cannibalism and <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot going on. That was jackfruit that we used for the meat. Jackfruit. What the hell is jackfruit? So it's like a watermelon-sized spiky fruit like this, and inside is a bunch of sinewy webbing with these seed pods, and the seed pods taste pretty good. And then you've got the seeds, and then you yeah, it's it was very interesting. So. At, you know, 12 30, 1 o'clock the night before, I'm gutting this <laughs> dragon fruit. <laughs> like, and I had no idea what I was doing when I when I got it because I just heard that vegans use it for pulled pork. So I'm like, great, it'll be a non meat item that we can have our people chew on. Yeah. And but yeah, I didn't realize the project I was getting into. And it was like $31 just for one of them. Holy shit. So, but it, like I said, it was a watermelon thigh spiky fruit with the sinewy and you, oh, I remember. You the, see them I, eat it. Oh, you see them. I, I remember the sound. I'm just like, ugh. It's the sound. It was like one of the sounds. You're just like, I don't like that sound. Because then you get the close up of the mouth, and you really just hear. You're just like, oh yeah. And you're we, just like, ugh. I had many people tell me that part made their skin crawl. And it that did. Was awesome. That's that, great. If we can elicit a reaction, that's great. the that's the whole point of it. Though that's why you do it. You know, you want an emotional, physical reaction. I guess more emotion. I guess you can have both without them mm-hmm. being violent. So, mm-hmm. so what is a role that you haven't played that you would love to play? Like, I like got just like in general, like a general character, like you would like to play. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the uh, I guess I could best sum that up with sort of one of my end game ultimate roles is I want to play a lead vampire of some sort. You know, whether it's a Dracula or a Dracula like character or very Nosferatu. I'm a big Nosferatu fan. If I 
could be such. See, I've never seen that one either. Which makes me so angry. I wish I had a camera because people could see your impersonations because they're fantastic. <laughs> okay, now you're just staring at me. It's creeping me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, literally, people, I'll be, at, I'll be at parties or whatever, and people are just reaching slowly, and then I'll grab somebody's shoulder, and then I'll wrap my fingers around in this cold web. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, sorry, it's creepy vampire hand. I just, I like to practice it. So, what, is, what have you found is like, the most difficult, I guess, like, role or scene for you to film as, like, an actor. Hmm. So, I'll give you an example. That, that, two, that, two, Tootie Loops. Is it Tootie Loops? Tootie Loops. Tootie Loops. Sorry. Shout out George Tootie, my boy. So, he, I had to say, George Tootie, he's on, I think, episode seven or eight. Check him out. Awesome interview. Um, he was telling me how he had to film, like, these, like, like, the sex scenes he said are really, like, difficult. Mm. He goes, which I, which I'm like, that makes sense, because that's, like, that's extremely uncomfortable, especially if, like, you don't know the person. I'm like, because mm -hmm. if you're, like, especially for, I, I guess, I mean, for the females, it's also difficult, obviously. But, like, for a male, I feel like it'd be more awkward. You're, like, if you get really, like, into it, and then, like, you get, like, what happens when you get excited, you're just, like, you're kind of just, like, sorry. Well, it's like, you know, the, the film that the cinema uses, the cock sock? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, you know, that's protect, but still, it get, does get a little budgy, a little budgy smuggler. So would you say that's probably the most uncomfortable th like kind of film to scene like scene to film? Sorry, words. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have not been in a like one-on-one -on -one sex scene though. I did do a video for Black Tar Superstar. Well, Tim Novotny he wrote and directed the video, uh, but it's for the band Black Tar Superstar. Really cool uh, doom metal band. All oh, comes back to doom metal. Their song "Hail to the Succubus." Uh, I was in the music video as a you know a guy trying to be a man about town ends up getting involved with the wrong girl she's part of a cult of succubi and they're like ripping me and eating me apart but that was interesting because you know they're all half dressed you know whatever and it's like that it was like oh it's like you know that was my first exposure wait to, the males or females are half dressed uh the females were i well i i had my jeans and no shirt they had you know they were all you know succubied out and uh it was just it, where, where were they wearing the tops or anything? yes yes no oh. tops were wearing, they were fully clothed and all that oh well, you you may sound it was just like a full it was the most sexual scene i'd ever been yeah. involved with and uh you know it's all cool though because you know you just crack jokes and you're all just there to like do yeah. your thing so it's like if you keep it light it's no big deal if you're like <sighs> then it gets weird yeah, you, you can't be creepy about it no because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like you really get turned on because you're not there to do that. You know, your, your, yeah. head, your head and your body is in a different space. You're like, I'm here being this guy terrified by these succubi women. They're ripping me apart. Yeah. Like, you're not thinking like, uh, uh, girls. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not like that. I see. I even got, um, he's going to kill everything. I even got George to tell a sex story. I'm <laughs> 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 It's like, uh, I said I won't ruin it for anyone. Please go check it out. I think it's like se episode seven or eight. His name's on it. It's, like, uh, uh, it's freaking hilarious. He even goes, "How the hell are you get me to tell this story?" I'm like, "I literally just asked you a question. You just ran with it. This is you. This is you tell the story." Uh, 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 that's so, the probing nature of interviews. So, like, what is your favorite? I guess like character to play. Like, a, like what is like what what is the favorite? I guess let me let me word this right. What's the favorite character you've had a chance to play so far? Let's let's, let's word it Ooh, that way. Well said, well said. Oh man, 
man of many. You know, everybody offers something different. Uh, that's kind of the coolest thing, is as an actor, you're portraying you know, a whole spectrum of humanity yeah. at any given moment. Uh, but definitely one of my favorites was, so uh, as a 14-year-old, you know, I totally want to have all the piercings and be skateboarding, but we didn't have health insurance, but I love my, my metal, my punk music and everything. And uh, so then when I was working on In Guns We Trust with Misha Tot. That was fun because I was playing Ricky, who was a stoner skateboarder. I yeah, Misha Tot. Shout out Misha Tot. He's down in Atlanta now. I say I know that name too for some reason. I feel yeah. like that's another 2D connection. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. sitting calling it a 2D connection. We're getting like a little, little the 2D sack. loops. These are the 2D loops. We're we're we're, we're getting to say we call it 2D loops. All the George connections. <laughs> we're getting like, the chain. Each uh, chain is a 2D loop. I'm gonna add little little sound bars and be like 2D loops. <laughs> well, someone like sing or something, and George will love it. <laughs> By the way, you do a great impersonation. Oh, George! I love George. George is my guy. Love George. I I, I, I love George with the long hair. George, sorry. You just he's like he doesn't rock the clean shaven. He rocks the short hair with the beard. He rocks yeah. the long hair with the beard. But, he but rocks the, it this all. this is thing that George does. I wish George could see this. He would just make fun of me. He does this thing where, like, he kind of, he's talking to me, he, like, closes his eyes and just, like, pulls his hair back with both hands, and he just, like, and then he wiggles it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you've seen him do it a hundred times, but it's, like, it's, like, it's just, it's, like, his thing. It's just, like... Well, it's nice to have hair to play with, because, like, my just, hair, it grows out bushy and, like, dog hair, like, stiff. Like, well, maybe not quite like that, but even so, I just, I can't have the long, like, metalhead hair, which, oh, I would love. I would love to be able to do it. Yeah, no, I'm very jealous of his hair, because, like, my hair doesn't grow. It just grows, like, almost, like, just out to the side. It doesn't grow down. Yeah, mine gets poop. Yeah, it's just like, god damn it. Like, I want to grow, like, long, sexy hair, too, with, like, tootie loops, you know, mm-hmm. but I can't do it. Tootie locks. Tootie Locks. Oh, oh my god, it's like Goldilocks, but it's Tootie Locks? That's a new one. Tootie Locks. got a new one on air. Tootie Locks. Tootie Locks on air. Oh, shit. George is going to hear us like, why'd you guys talk about me for 10 minutes? Because <laughs> we love you, Toots. That's why. Oh, my God. Um, so yeah, and, and favorite characters to play, you know, I mean, ultimately, I love antagonists. I love villains. I just, that's like I said, evil darkness is where I've always been drawn, but only as a concept. Like, in an ideal reality, there would be no harm or violence or disparity in the real world, Mm -hmm. but only in movies and fiction and comics and music, because I love evil as a concept. Mm -hmm. I love the battle as a concept, but I wish everything outside of the pretend could be kosher beans for everybody. You know, only, if only art and, and, and fiction is where all the evil could reside, how do we trap it? How do we trap evil in fiction? That's what I want to... That's my... Oh, I think I might just figure out my life school. How to trap evil right. in fiction. I got one for you. Oh. This is just like off the top of the head. So, this is this is a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you could work with one director, mm-hmm. one actress, and one actor, and I'm talking literally anyone you know or Hollywood, mm-hmm. what would your dream team be? Those three plus you. Director, actor, actress. Excellent. Wow, that's a cool question. Uh, try to rip off the riff. I know what mine would be if I could even. Yeah, ask. You, you can. You can go. Will I brew? I'm gonna go with. This is probably just like very typical, but I would probably go with Martin Scorsese, Denzel mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. Oh God, and female. I don't know. Maybe like an Amy Adams. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I've been watching her show Sharp Objects on HBO, and she is 
fucking phenomenal in that movie. Ooh. She's also in The Office. Uh, or, yeah, I'm going to stick with Amy Adams, because she's, she's freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Scorsese, Denzel, and Amy Adams. Hey, nice. Well, I can definitely think of my uh, female actor. It would be Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is Oh, for Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. man. Her and her SNL bits. Like, she's just, she is a master impersonator. I'm huge mm-hmm. on impersonations. She's mastered that. She's hilarious. She's got great comedic timing. She's very sincere when she does dramatic stuff. Like, Kristen Wiig is a goat. Like, oh, so great. Ah, there's a goat. But no, but really, though. <laughs> Actor-wise, ooh. George, ooh, George Tootie, obviously. Yeah, you know, Toots. Why not Toots <laughs> and Kristen Wiig together? That would be great. And then I'll be the director. That's the answer. Oh, no, 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 no. You, oh, no, no. You, got, you, got, you got to pick a director. You're in the movie. Okay, so you're, you're Toots not... and I are acting with Kristen Wiig, and okay. the director is going to be... There are a lot of great directors out there. I would love... Uh, you know, David Lynch. I want David Lynch to direct <laughs> Toots, me and Kristen Wiig. That would get really weird. So what kind of movie do you think you'd make with him? Well, with, with I mean, them. David Lynch is always artsy and different and interesting, so... And, and I, I would love for him and I to brain... Oh my god, that would be incredible. It would be something strange, but comedic. He could be... I have to watch Wild at Heart yet. Uh, shout out one of my best friends, Nicole Stack, uh, bar- letting me borrow Wild at Heart, which is the David Lynch movie uh, starring Chris, uh, Chris, Nicholas Cage. Stoked to see that. But yeah, it would be weird. Wait, Nicholas Cage is like a serious movie where he's not screaming at people? Well, it is like a surreal comedy, and I haven't seen it its entirety, so I don't know. But have you ever seen Leaving Las Vegas? No, but I mean, I've left Las Vegas a couple of times. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> ah, ah. Well, that's cool. I would love to leave Las Vegas. I'd love to go there, too. Oh, it's 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 life-changing. It's, <laughs> it's life-changing. <laughs> Even if you don't gamble, there's something for everybody there. I mean, it, whether it comes to food, I mean, entertainment, betting, like, literally, like, there's there, there's something for literally, like, shows and food. Like, shows and food, to me, are, like, up there. It's like, yeah. I haven't, got to, I haven't got to see a show because I can't afford to go one. But the food scene I went there in January with my ex, and like we ate some the best meals I've ever had in my life every night. We had like four star, four and a half star meals like every night. They were both like mm. freaking phenomenal. Mm. But yeah, no leaving le- leaving Las Vegas is that a, is that a David Finch one? Uh oh, David Fincher. You're getting wait, 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 oh wait, my wait, God. wait, 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 wait. Who'd you say? So first I said David Lynch. David Lynch. That's but what then I meant. there's also David Fincher, who's yeah. phenomenal for Seven and uh, the show Mind Hunter, and he also did what Zodiac and all oh, oh, that. Zodiac the movie. Yeah, that's David what that, that's one of my favorites. Mm. It sucks because the only thing that sucks is it's literally like almost four hours long. <laughs> but I tell people all the time, I'm like, watch it because it's so good. You get to see like. Robert Downey Jr. are, like, some of his best work. Like, honestly, like, because you see, like, him, like, starting at the top, you see his just decline, just strong, just decline all the way. Even Jake Gyllenhaal is phenomenal in this movie. Mm-hmm. Who there's, like, all, there's, like, other people in it, too. That after. cast, uh, John Carroll Lynch plays the main Zodiac suspect. And, yeah. You know, he was the brother of Steve and Drew Carey. He was Twisty the Clown and American Horror Story. They, and, well, he was also... Jo- A.K.A. John Wayne Gacy. Yes, he was there too. Yes, yes. So uh, he's great. I love him. I think he played portrayed him as supernatural as John Wayne Gacy, also. But I might be wrong. Yeah, no. Well, they had them uh, at that point in time. Uh, the American Horror Story, uh, Ryan Murphy, and them. They had him portrayed as a ghost. That was the living John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. It was the ghost version. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hell Knight. Hell Knight. That was like one of their. Be- that was like the hotel oh. one. Oh, Hell Knight yeah. was so cool. You had Richard oh. Rodriguez. Um, I forget the lady's name. I really just did an episode on her like two, like a week oh, ago. Oh, Eileen Warnos. Uh, yeah. And she was played by uh, Lily Rabe. Lily Rabe is one of my American yeah. Horror and then, Story then you, favorites. Then you had like the Zodiac, you had Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy. And then like you add vampires into it. You were like, what the fuck is happening in this show? Dude, Hotel was, was one of my favorite seasons. Like, I I've mean, I, I think they're all super enjoyable. Like some people, I think they judge American Horror Story so harshly. And for what reason? I don't know. Because every season is extremely entertaining, full of a great cast of characters. Uh, really, you know, just the plots are fun. They're crazy. I'm not worried about all the wrapping up. You know, yeah, they just go along for the ride. So many, but yeah, Hotel is one of my favorites. Yeah, ho- Hotel is probably my favorite. I mean, so I haven't seen all of them. I've seen all of them up until, like, the first, I think I saw the first two episodes of Roanoke, and then, like, life happened, you just lose track mm-hmm. of it, and then you just mm-hmm. get behind, you're like, Finish oh. it. Roanoke, I really enjoyed. Roanoke, people shit like, on like, Roanoke. Like, I, like, I really enjoyed yeah, it. I'm a big fan of Akuba, Cuba Gun Jr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I heard mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's in that one also, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh! Oh, yeah. She is, and uh, the season just takes a real great turn, because there's a legit found footage horror movie moment uh, towards the end, spoiler alert, and it feels scary, and I'm like, oh! I'm like, man, the, the show scared me. They did a great found footage horror like segment. Like, oh, great, love it. Okay, so I got two more questions for you. Bada boom. Okay, so if you were the director, mm-hmm. who would you pick as your dream team, actor and actress wise, and what kind of movie would you make? I'm talking like like genre wise. You don't have to be like specific, just like yeah, genre yeah. wise. Well, I'd say most likely than a horror comedy, seeing as that's my favorite genre. And I just I love the convex or the the intersection point of you know when things are really dark but they're really funny. That's why I love House of Thousand Corpses or The Devil's Rejects. Those are good. Thing, things will be so dark but they'll be so funny at the same time. Because it, like, it just it's so dark. You're just like this is so unrealistic. You're just laughing about it. <laughs> but that's, I mean that's life though. Uh, and like really it, funny it, things can be happening in dark moments, and dark things can happen when things are light. Mm-hmm. Like. That's just real, and, and I don't know, making live it is just enjoyable. Uh, I love the, the dark humor aspect, but so it would definitely be a, a dark humor to some expense, uh, extent. Uh, okay, remember, you can't you can't pick Kristen Wiig again. Yeah, no, no, Kristen Wiig, no. Hmm. Oh, it could even be a cartoon movie if you wanted to do yeah, that, like a animated, Pixar. Yeah, voiceover. Hmm. On the spot, Johnny, on the spot. I'll tell you what. I'm the director, huh? Yeah, you're the director. You- who would I love to direct? I ooh, that's see, that's how to approach it. Who would I love to direct? Yeah, you have to think about who would be difficult to work with or enjoyable to work with. But also, mm-hmm. some most difficult people are some of the best actors and actresses you have. Okay, well, can I pick all time, or are we just picking current? Oh, all time, just all okay. time. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the reins. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hypothetical. <sighs> Yeah, they could be dead, alive, retired, it don't matter. <laughs> you, you could pick okay. freaking Marlon Brando for all I care. Okay, alright, now we're getting real, we're getting fun. Well, in that case, I would love to work with Lon Chaney Jr. That would be amazing. Uh, he, Lon Chaney, so you know the great Lon Chaney of, he played the original Hunchback of Notre Dame, and the original fan of the operas, along with many other roles. Oh, you're going, you're, son, you're going. Way back. Yeah, going depth. Well, then his son, Lon Chaney Jr., was the original Wolfman. Okay. He was. He played uh, the Mummy once. He's played the Frankenstein's monster. Not the shitty times. Mummy movies, right? No, not the modern. Are you talking about the Tom Cruise one? That one was. No, no. I'm talking like the. Um, 
the other uh, ones, uh, the Ben uh, Fraser ones. Oh, you saying those are shitty? Uh-oh. Can, no, oh, okay. Compare no, can, can, compare no, to the classics. They were oh, they were okay, but compared to the classic Mummy, no. No, the Tom Cruise one was freaking weird. He was like the dude gets brought back from the dead. He has bugs in his brain. Well, now well, he's they talking. Made that about one, like, dude, that whole spiel that was just like from American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London had the victims, you know, being back from the dead, all torn up, talking to people. But I did like what they were trying to do with it. But I think they dropped the ball, but I did like what they were trying to do. I did like the whole Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because I went to see it in theaters, and as soon as the guy, they're like, oh, it's it's Dr. Jekyll. And I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. This guy's going to go nuts. This is going to be freaking awesome. They're like, and the guys, and the guys, like, they get late to the syringe room. He goes, I need it. I need it. And then like, he went, like, Abe shit. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. They need to run with this shit. And not fuck this up. And then the ending was just like, God damn it. Like, you fucked it up. Because mm-hmm. they were going to build... Remember they were trying to rebuild the whole uh, monster... Yeah, the, the whole monster verse. Which, I tell you, have you seen The Invisible Man that they did with Elizabeth Moss? That was crispy. That was good. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I've been watching her on uh, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, nice. I which, which is which is a really, like... that. It's hard to get there because it's very uncomfortable. Cause you're just like, this is like so, just like what, like, mm. and like people, like there's rumors like there, there's like people that come out like and say like we want the world like this. I'm like, what? No, uh, I like the world we live in where like everybody has the same rights and all that fun stuff for the most part. And it's like, no, I don't want to live in that kind of world. That's horrible. Like the government controls literally everything you do. Like, no, Mm-mm. female servitude. That's just what kind of what kind of weird gross. nonsense is that? What kind of weird you know breeding servitude? That's but yeah, the invisible man. I like what they did with it. He didn't get like some potion or anything. Sorry, spoil this. We're, we're whatever. Um, we're we're talking movies at this point. I like that it was like a suit. That wasn't like he got like injected with anything. Yes, I yes, like that. It wasn't I like that. Process. It was updated in the twenty first century. That and was... I like that because mm-hmm. I because I was expecting like mm-hmm. oh he's a doctor he took an injection. No, it's just a suit. And like I love that like they thought she went crazy. You and then she, his own death. And like she like throws the Pam and she's like I can see you. He throws the Pam and you just see his face. He's like I was like oh shit. I thought it was good. I was yeah, like I was like, it was like a modern twist and it wasn't like over the top. She like. You could possibly make something like that, like on like the Harry Potter and the Invisible Cloak of Invisibility mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. for all my Harry Potter nerds out there. Potterheads. Yeah. So it's like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the new Invisible Man. The Mummy. I was like, mm. yeah, no, the Mummy was because listen, uh, I want to see. I, I, I love the Brendan Fraser. I'm in a group on Facebook. Imhotep posting. <laughs> We're all about the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Uh, him and Rachel Weiss and uh, oh, Kevin so, J. O'Connor. She's so uh, beautiful. Oh, Rachel. she is. Oh my God. I can't remember the name of Imhotep's name. He was. Uh, I apologize, Imhotep. I can't remember. Him. You're awesome. But the whole movie, I very much enjoy. I felt it was the perfect blend of action, horror, felt like old cinema, but like updated, grand, grandiose, big fan. But you know, it's not for everybody. I remember me and George arguing one day at work, and I was totally wrong. <laughs> I was like, No, dude. It's Billy Zane. He goes, it's not Billy Zane. I'm like, it's Billy Zane. He goes, dude, it's Billy Zane is not the movie. I'm like, yeah. yes, it is. Okay. And I was like, and he go, he looked at, he go, he literally pulled his phone out at work. He goes, listen here, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, he goes, it's this guy. I'm like, oh, I was like, that's my bad, dude. I thought it was Billy Zane. Yeah, no, Zane. <laughs> it's definitely not Billy Zane. Yeah, no, but that's the popular thing. Everybody thinks that. Like, it's a long but they, they look, joke they, even on the they, mean group. And the thing is, they look, the two actors look very similar. 
Well, like, like if Billy Zane didn't have hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he was bald. But yeah, the thing is, the guy that, that portrays the mummy is like he's been in a bunch of stuff too. And I just I can't think of what his name is off the top of my head. Well, it's, kind of, it's, it's Edward Vaslu, something yeah. like that. Hold on, I see the picture. Just show me. Show reveal to me your name, Pharaoh. I remember they did like those movies, and they did like all the Scorpion King stuff. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, that was the spinoff of The Rock. That was some of his earliest acting career. And and Danny Couture, UFC fighter. <laughs> Vaslu. I'm, why is this so hard to find? I guess because I'm not looking in the right places. I'm not Googling what, the right things. What, what are you looking for? The name of Imhotep and, well, the actor that portrayed him in The Mummy. But Dude, go IMDb. I know. Well, I was going ass Arnold backwards. Arnold See, there you go. I was going ass backwards before. Yeah, so I don't know which direction <laughs> you were going. <laughs> I, was, I was Googling Imhotep first and, yeah, Arnold But Vassalo. He kind of he looks like, like Billy Zane a little bit. Yeah, no, I can totally see it. And plus, when people started uh, talking about the Billy Zane connection, I thought maybe he played him in an installment where maybe Arnold didn't, you know? Because that always <laughs> happens too, right? You know, yeah. some of those people don't want to keep going or they need the cameo or the flashback scene. Yeah. And he's like, I won't come back for that. So then they just cut the hair off Billy Zane and throw him in. Like, that definitely happens. He's flying the, the blimp. Yeah. But Brandon Fraser, oh, he's a goat. I love him. You ever see Monkey Bone? I have, but it's been a very, very, very... Oh, that's okay. It's just my sign. Just, you can leave it. It's fine. It's fine. I told the universe to give me a sign. <laughs> I didn't know it would be say Beale Street. Yep. Memphis, Tennessee. Oh! So I'm going to Memphis? I mean, we can go if you want. I, I used to live there for two years, so... Oh, did you really? Yeah. When? Uh, from the end of 2013 to, like... <sighs> Like the February and March of 2016. Huh. What, what were you doing down there? I was working at a hotel, but I moved down there because I just got out of a relationship that was almost six years long. Had a ring picked out. I was going to propose. It didn't work out. She broke up with me the day before I was going to propose. <laughs> and then basically lost everything. Couldn't find a job. Unemployed. Um... Because I had switched cities, jobs, careers, colleges, literally everything. And, um, yeah, I moved back here. Couldn't find a job. I was unemployed for almost six months at that point. And I was like, you know, I'm on the Memphis. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I just literally just picked up my shit and went. Like, I was down there for like a little over two years. Came back. Everybody started getting married, having babies. I was like, well, I timed that right. <laughs> so... It was it was a good experience, so I don't I don't regret it. It was a good time. I do miss. It. I used I've been down there every year at least once for the last like I think nine years, except for this past year. I didn't get down there. I love going down there because I always come back with all kinds of good beer and barbecue. Mm. Can I, I get the bees? Beers and barbecue. Oh, let's talk barbecue. I love barbecue. Oh. Uh, one of the places I can most recommend is a place called Smoking Hughes. It's out somewhere around like Squire's Castle area. Oh, so good. There's a place called Oak and Embers. We can't forget Famous Dave's. It's there when you're in North Olmstead and you're like, hey, I need some decent barbecue. <laughs> Old Carolina barbecue hits the spot, too. Oh, you know, I still have not been there. I'm very excited to try. I've heard a lot of good it, it's, things. It's a little pricey, but you get what you pay for. You ever have uh, Mission Barbecue? Of course. I yeah. used to, I used to live in Columbus, so I had oh. that. Old Carolina. There's another there's another barbecue point da spot down there too in Columbus. I forget what the name of it was, but there's three or four good ones down there. But mm -hmm. like Memphis barbecue, 
Oh yeah, you had the real deal. I got Memphis barbecue in my freezer right now. <laughs> we'll be back after this snack break. <laughs> but yeah, no, Memphis that was that's like my barbecue spot. I've been to like Texas or like uh Kansas to get into mm-hmm. their stuff yet, but like Memphis barbecue, top notch shit. Can't go wrong with it. Oh. Uh I've spent a few vacations down in Myrtle Beach and there's a place called uh mm, Oh, suddenly my brain cramps. So we got I think it's just called brisket. Brisket barbecue. If I'm wrong. It might be. <laughs> yep, it is. It is now. No, seriously, they were so good and uh, very generous with their portions. Incredibly just out of my mind brisket. On 4th of July, we knew that a lot of places would be closed or too busy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, we're at a resort. We're like, we're just going to get a ton of meat in the morning and get buns. <laughs> That's what and she then, said. <laughs> just give me a ton of meat in the morning. Angel. Just brush my meat before you leave. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good, though, and they were very generous with their portions, and we just ate that meat all day. It was so good. That's what she said. Ow. <laughs> all right, I got one last question for you. Oh. A little chance to plug yourself. Do you have any, any projects coming up that you want to you wanna plug or talk about? Well, I'll tell you, I'm uh, most stoked about, I'm starring in, uh, I'm playing a, I'm getting to star my first period piece. Well, it's not quite a starring role, but I mean, it's a role all the same. I'm very stoked for it. Uh, it's, I'm playing a plague-era priest, and I get to write my own sermon for it. And uh, Oh, jeez. Yeah, so it gets to be a little, little fire and brimstone-y, and uh, I'm pretty stoked for that. It's called 1669. Oh, that's like way, 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 way. Yeah, it, it, it's actually taken from real... Um, uh, I'm sorry, 1665. I was a few years off. Turns out I'm a time traveler. 1660, <laughs> 1665. And it's based off real Plague Era accounts. And it's it's basically played for straight. But I'm playing a, preach, uh, a priest from that period. And I'm very stoked because it's my first time dying the cloth. Well, other than, I have an ordained minister, believe it or not. Getting married, getting buried, call me. Tim Hale, ordained by the Universal Life Church. License in the state of Ohio. So, there's that. <laughs> oh I really am. That's the best plug I've ever got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really want to do get into uh, doing more theatrical like weddings too, right? Because, you know, I mean, I'll give you something so very sincere. I've done a, uh, my first wedding last year. Uh, that was incredible. We had, we had a great time. Uh, but then so going on, I do want to do theatrical weddings. So, get at me. Get married. Getting buried. Call me. Tim Hale. Ordained minister. Look for him on your local bus stop benches. <laughs> hey, y'all, I got a ring. <laughs> but uh, so, anyways, uh, going back, uh, plugging sixteen sixty five, I will be being, uh, playing a plague era priest. So most stoked for that. That's the media next project. Editing a couple secret things in the can. So keep your eyes peeled on the Hales Tales uh, YouTube page as well as Tim Hales YouTube and Facebook pages. Keep apprised on all the projects, a few other things in the cooker, but, you know, not everything's prepared at the same time. It really isn't, though. It take, Sometimes you're going to marinate a little bit. Yeah, you dip you your marinate, toe over you here and dip your toe over there. Oh, shit, I hit my desk. Microphone picked that up. My God, he's breaking the jars on. Oh, my. oh, my God, Dwight. Put your pants on. 
Dwight, Moe's. Let the record show. Dwight is now has a, has a plastic knife to Stanley's throat. Moe's. Oh, God. We're going off the rails here. I love it. <laughs> All right, Tim. I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate you so much for coming on. This was, like, so much fun. We have to do this again. Oh. And literally just, like, not have a topic and just, like, BS for two hours. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, I will take another slice of the life of pie. You know what we need to do? We need to get two down here with you. Yeah. Oh, a group cast. I think we, that'll be... George... I know you're going to listen this far because I'm going to make you. So, everybody, get a hold of George Tootie. Tell him he needs to come back on for the third time to get another slice of pie. And we're going to bring his brothers on here. They're office aficionados. And we're going to do some office trivia on here in a future podcast. Don't know when that is. But you know what? It's going to happen at some point. It's going to be a special. It's going to be a TP special. <laughs> but again, I said Tim, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. I love this. This is so much fun. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I, I, I keep going for another couple hours, but we do have to be adults to go to work in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We're, this is still the we're still moonlighting. This isn't the sunlight yet. So, but this is a joy. And thank you for having me, Paul. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Another slice of life of pie. Yes, please. Oh yes. I'm gonna have to do some. Vo- I'm gonna have to have you do some voiceover work for my intro. I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, my voice is for hire and it's for borrow. So there we go. All right, again, folks. Again, Tim Hale. Again, look him up. He is everywhere. He's on the YouTube, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram. Again, again, Hale's Tales Productions. Ow. And you could you want me to plug your email or no? It's out there. They'll okay. find it. They'll it's, find it. It's it's timahale at gmail.com or enter the petting zoo at gmail.com. You can find me. I'm not too hard to track down. Just don't come to my house while I'm eating dinner. <laughs> Alright. With that focus again, I want to thank Tim. I hope you guys all enjoy this. And until next time, I hope you've enjoyed this slice of pie.